Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but we would love to meet you in person. All are welcome, and that includes you. So if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service at the corner of Arthur Ashe Boulevard and Grove in the historic synagogue across from the Art Museum. Can't make it in person? No problem. We are also live streaming on YouTube. Contact our administrator at tikvotdirector at gmail.com for the link during the week, or contact us on our website, tikvotisrael.com. There, you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of his word. The most amusing feature on a movie marquee I ever saw was this. One time I was driving through Carytown, right over there, and I looked at the Bird Theater marquee, and there was a double feature. Groundhog Day, followed by Groundhog Day. Yeah, you got that. This is a true story. In case you weren't aware, this is a movie where the main character lives the same day over and over and over. Well, today is a new beginning. It's Shemini Atzeret, the eighth extra day of Sukkot. We think of the eighth day of creation. What was that? What was going on then? Well, it was the first repetition of Sunday when Adam got to start his new job in the garden. We think of the eighth day of life for a Jewish boy, beginning his entry into the peoplehood of Israel. How many eighth days have you had where you begin again, as if for the first time? It's like when you meet someone that you've met before, but you forgot when and how you met them, and you probably forgot their name. So you ask their name again, and you have a conversation. At the end of the conversation, I usually make this sort of, kind of like a dad joke. I'll say, nice to meet you again. Have you ever said that? No? Okay. Well, because you can only meet someone once, but you forgot, so you're saying, anyway. I'm not saying it was a good dad joke, it's just a dad joke, all right? So today, we are also celebrating Simchat Torah, the beginning again of the Torah cycle in Genesis 1. How many do-overs have we had in our lives? Well, all of our days are kind of like this. We are moving perpetually forward without the chance to time travel and change what we did yesterday. And for this reason, the scripture says in Lamentations 3 that God's mercies are what? New every morning. Think about that. Every morning is a kind of do-over. We can't change the past but we can begin again as if it were new. Last year on this day of Simchat Torah, this was the first drash I gave coming out of my sabbatical, which was a new beginning for me. This is the anniversary of that. I had given many sermons and drashes before that, but it was as if I was learning to preach again for the first time. I had both a sense of newness and familiarity of stepping into the same familiar river, but being aware that the water flowing beneath me was brand new compared to the last time I had stepped in. I was also aware that I was matured and humbled by my time away, that I was spiritually more seasoned than the last time I had addressed the community. I spoke that day precisely about this word picture. 
You can't enter the same river twice. The idea that when we return to something, when we begin again at the same place, we're not actually starting from zero because we are different and we have learned something from yesterday's mistakes and troubles. And because the river is also different, it's fresh living water, which makes us clean and pure again. The presence of the Lord makes the same place new and it makes the same person new. The best way for us to start fresh is to trust the Lord's process, not ruminating over what we could have done in the past, but seeing how the Lord uses our mistakes and even our troubles. Then when we enter the river of life again after our season of trials, his presence enables us to be transformed. We are beginning the Taurus cycle again today, as last year, but we're all different than we were last year. We are reading the same text, Genesis 1, that we have read before, but we are approaching it now with the wisdom that comes from the pains of yesterday. Tomorrow is the first day of the week, Sunday, and we have experienced many Sundays. For many, the first day of the work week is Monday, and we have experienced many Mondays before, haven't we? But we have the chance to make this Monday, to make this Sunday different because God shapes us over time. He uses mostly our mistakes and our troubles. We may wish sometimes that it were not so, but often that's how it is. When we arrive at Monday, the bank of the river, we may think, I've already been through this. I've read Genesis 1 before. I've had this trial before. I'm dealing with the same struggle that I had five years ago. But that is the point. Life in Jewish thought is a circle. It's not a line. Or more accurately, it's, it's actually a spiral. We arrive at the same point, but we're a little bit further along. Why? Because God brings us through trials back into the river of life. Thus, we're growing in the Lord over time, more deeply aware of his presence and sovereignty. Isn't God sovereign over our sins and our hardships? Do we believe in our bones that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, those called according to his purpose? If we're having trouble believing that from Romans 8.28, picture the Lord like the most amazing coach of a sports team that there ever was, who knows all the plays in the book and he knows all the plays of the other team. And he knows that enemy team, he knows what they're gonna do before they do it. And this coach is able to get us and our teammates to a win no matter what happens in the game, no matter how many errors we make. He's just that good of a coach. Can you picture that? That's the sovereignty of God. The eighth day is the first day again, because there's seven days in a week. So the eighth day is a repetition. But having gone through a week of stuff, that stuff often feels like 
a big squeeze. Personally, I have had a sense of squeezing during this high holiday season. You may have felt this too, a kind of pressure or even anxiousness. The squeezing is most evident during the days of awe between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. But this year, I've honestly have felt it all the way up until today. I felt a little bit of release today, but I've, I've felt that, that squeeze. Raise your hand if you've felt that squeeze during the, the high holidays. Yeah. I'm going to quote from another sermon entitled The Big Squeeze, written by my predecessor, Rabbi David Rudolph, and it was spoken right here on the Bema. This was given on Rosh Hashanah nine years ago, in which this other, more seasoned Rabbi David had a dream a few days before Rosh Hashanah. This is what he said, quote, I dreamt that I walked into an elevator that was very spacious. I saw the elevator doors close. Then I heard a noise like a hydraulic sound and felt the elevator go up. When I arrived at the second floor, instead of the door opening, the walls of the elevator moved in toward me like a vice. It was about a foot less on every side. Then the elevator went up again. When I arrived at the third floor, the walls moved in even closer. This kept happening until I arrived at the eighth floor. At this point, the elevator had become so narrow that I was unable to move. Have you ever been in an MRI machine where you were unable to move? That is what it felt like on the eighth floor. I don't normally feel claustrophobic, but on the eighth floor, I wanted to get out of there. At this point, I started to cry out to God to get me out of the elevator. But instead of the door opening, the elevator proceeded to go up to the next floor. When I arrived at the ninth floor, the walls pressed in against me tightly. I couldn't do anything about it. Then I heard the hydraulic noise again, and the elevator went up. When I arrived at the 10th floor, the feeling of being squeezed was no longer bearable. I closed my eyes and cried out to the Lord to get me out of the elevator. Then I heard a ding, and the elevator walls returned to how they were originally, and everything was spacious again. I slowly stepped out of the elevator, and it was at this point that I woke up from my dream. This is still Rabbi David Rudolph. It is possible that the dream was from the Lord, and maybe there is a lesson in it for all of us. Over the next 10 days, this is me now. Remember, this was at Rosh Hashanah, right? Over the next 10 days, the Lord wants to squeeze all of us. We are actually in a season of squeezing that is supposed to draw us heavenward, closer and closer to God. During the 10 days of awe from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, the Lord wants to squeeze out of us all the junk that we have been harboring in our hearts and that we have not dealt with and decimated during the year 5774. Do any of us have some of this junk inside us? Unquote. At the end of this sermon, Rabbi David Rudolph explains that this squeezing process during the days of awe is challenging because we have to give up sinful habits and behaviors. But there is waiting for us a wonderful, gentle, big squeeze at the end. He then references the prodigal son story, which I spoke about on Shavat Shuvah. What happens at the end of that story? The end of that story, the father runs to embrace his wayward son, and what does he do? Gives him a big squeeze, a big hug. Thus, the 10 days of awe and Yom Kippur, and really the entire season of the high holidays, have a dual aspect to them. We're full of awe and dread and sorrow at the depth of our sins and selfishness. But it's not just a season of affliction. It is a season of great joy. The big squeeze of God is getting out 
those impurities, but it is also a really big hug. My son, never despise Adonai's discipline or dread his correction, for Adonai loves those who he reproves, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. Avinu Malkenu, our father and our king, is coming to give us the big squeeze on the great and awesome day of the Lord. But this is not just a squeeze of pressure. It's a squeeze of love. Malachi explains it like this. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire and like soap for cleaning raw wool. And he will sit as a smelter or purifier of silver. And he will cleanse the sons of Levi and purify them like gold or silver. Then they will become for Adonai those who present an offering in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to Adonai as in the days of antiquity and years of old. Israel and her offering have developed impurities like gold with a bunch of drech in it. So also we are full of junk. The refiner turns up the heat and gets those impurities out of the gold through fire, pressure, squeezing. Then the refiner does what? They can look at the gold and see his own face reflected in that precious metal. Why? Because it's been purified. The last day of the festival of Sukkot is yesterday and today. And many scriptures depict the celebration adding an eighth day, a new beginning. Yeshua makes an amazing connection to the last day of the festival of Sukkot, which is around today in John 7. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Yeshua stood up and cried out loudly, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the Ruach, the Spirit. Here we have the river of living water again. What are we doing? We're stepping in to the river, which is the Spirit of Yeshua himself, when we trust in him for our new beginning. The water cleanses us so that we are as a new creation, born again from above. Trusting in Yeshua enables us to begin again, as if for the first time. This is the power of the presence of God when we're back at the same place. The Talmud, part of the rabbinic writings and thoughts on the Bible, explains it this way. And this time it's referring to the creation of the tabernacle, which was the mobile presence of God with Israel. This is from Shabbat 87b. Rav Havivi from Hoseana said to Rav Ashi, come and hear a different proof of the following verse. And it came to pass in the first month in the second year, on the first day of the month, that the tabernacle was built. So now they're going to talk about what they think that means. It was taught, that day took 10 crowns. It was the first day of creation, meaning what day? Sunday. 
the first day of the offerings brought by the princes, the first day of the priesthood, the first day of service in the temple, the first day for the descent of fire onto the altar, the first time that consecrated foods were eaten, the first day of the resting of the divine presence, the Shekinah, upon the Jewish people, the first day that the Jewish people were blessed by the priests, the first day of the prohibition to bring offerings on improvised altars. In other words, you can't just bring your offering anywhere now. Now it's got to be at the, at the tabernacle. Once the tabernacle was built, it was prohibited to offer sacrifices elsewhere, and it was the first of the months. And from the fact that the new moon of Nisan of that year was on the first day of the week. In other words, the day the tabernacle was constructed was like the first day of creation, which is what day? Sunday. Or perhaps we could say it's not only the first day, it's also what? The eighth day, right. Why is that? Because it's the first day again. It's going back to creation. The presence of God in the tabernacle, what does that do? That renews Israel. It's the day of all of these firsts for the second time. It's like stepping into an old river and being renewed. The tabernacle and later the temple represent the living presence of God with Israel, which is precisely Yeshua himself. This is what he explained on the last day of Sukkot, the eighth day of Sukkot. The tabernacle, the temple, the Holy Spirit, the living water, the presence of God, Yeshua, these are all interchangeable. These bring renewal to old, familiar, tired experiences. The presence of Yeshua in our frustration at starting over infuses it with meaning and joy and resurrection. The fullness of new life, renewed freshness, was on the third day when Yeshua was raised from the dead. What day of the week do you think would be highlighted when Yeshua is raised from the dead and appeared to his followers? Sunday. This is from John chapter 20. Early in the morning, what day? Sunday, the first day of the week, on the eighth day. While it is still dark, Miriam from Magdala comes to the tomb. She sees that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. That's verse one. A little later, it was evening on that day, Sunday, the first day of the week, right? Or it could have been Saturday night because that's how they thought about it. But either way, it's the first day. When the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Judean leaders, Yeshua came and stood in their midst. And he said to them, Shalom Aleichem, peace be upon you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Naturally, the first day of the week, the eighth day, is highlighted because this is the day of resurrection in the river of life, the presence of Yeshua. This presence continues to bring resurrection to all who trust in him. So, In between yesterday and today, we've been through it. We've been through challenges. And we are entering the river again. We are beginning again. It's like today is the first day of the week. I know it's Shabbat, but it's kind of like it's the first day of the week because it's the eighth day of Sukkot. It's the eighth day of creation. It's the completion of the tabernacle. It's the completion of the Torah cycle and the beginning again of the Torah cycle. It is the day of the river of life. We've been here before, haven't we? 
but we are different. So let us not long to change the past, but let us long to experience God's mercy afresh right now. Let us not cling to our successes like trophies. Let us not cling to our mistakes like badges of shame, but let us cling to the renewal of God. Let us trust in his sovereignty because he's a good coach. And we will have the ultimate victory over sin and death and the other team because, beloved, he has already won. We are at the same place again, but be encouraged because we are reborn by his love and presence. And we are forever changed. His mercies are new every morning. Today, his loving kindness is transforming us. Let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you that uh, you are bringing resurrection life, new life, as we step into the river, that we can be encouraged that even if we've been at this place before, you are renewing us and you are bringing hope and you are bringing new life through Yeshua the Messiah. Help us not only to experience your newness, but to communicate this to others that are stuck, that feel like they're doing the same thing over and over, to encourage them that in you, it's not just a circle, but it's a spiral that we can move forward and we can be renewed by the waters of life, Yeshua the Messiah. And in his name we pray, amen.